Life Church created this podcast because we all need healthy conversations with real people. So this podcast is here to help you start conversations with your life group, friends, and family. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the You've Heard It Said podcast. This is Jason. And this is Allie. And I got to talk with Pastor Craig again this week for our third episode in the Winning the War in Your Mind miniseries. And the whole conversation is like really helpful. Your life group is going to love it. But he really caught me off guard with one raw and very wise answer that I think I was honestly too young and inexperienced to expect. Okay, let's hear it. Pastor Craig, thank you again for joining our life groups this week. Hey, my pleasure, Jason. Glad to be here. I just went ahead and told my life groups, Pastor, that you and I are starting a life group. Is that cool? And we're in one right now, right? (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, we really hope people are getting into new groups, starting new groups. And I just know that these conversations, this series, this book is going to make for great groups. So in this week's message, you talk a lot about filters. Yep. So I got a fun question. Yes. Do you ever use filters on Instagram? And if so, do you have a favorite? So I hope this doesn't blow your whole image of me, (laughs) but I probably do have a favorite and I have looked at them before, but I don't do the posting on Instagram or my other social media accounts. So that would be uh, Leanna, whose name is Power Pack. And she probably, hey, Power Pack. That's her nickname. (laughs) Everybody's got a nickname. You've just created a whole new filter in my mind about your social media. (laughs) I do. I do look at Instagram. That's the one I look at, but I wish I could tell you I posted myself, but I don't. <laughs> okay. I think I might feel better about that, honestly. Okay, All right. Good. So this, this week you told the story from Numbers 13 and 14 mm-hmm. about the, you know, spies yeah. going into the promised land. They obviously had totally different filters for what they saw. Yes. Can you just talk to us about what do you think the, the big difference maker was there? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's hard to say, but that story is pretty powerful that 12 people went out and oddly enough, 10 came back with a negative report, which right. it might be a fair representation of how generally the world sees easier to bring a negative report back than it is a mm. positive report. And uh, who knows what was going on in those spies' minds? It could be that the two that were filled with faith had uh, you know, some different experiences. Maybe they uh, had more confidence in God or yeah. God's ability to work through their army. It could have been that there was one negative person in the 10 that just dominated. Sometimes one negative voice can pollute a whole bunch and just start saying, oh, they're too much, they're too big. But it's a fascinating story of how different people could look at the exact same situation and a couple come back saying the land is beautiful, it's powerful, it should be ours, let's go and take it. And the others came back with irrational views that the land swallows up people and our enemy sees us as grasshoppers. That was, they were projecting their own view of reality on something that wasn't even there. And so that tells me how hard I have to work to make sure I go in when I'm serving the land to look at it with eyes of faith and not eyes of fear. Yeah. I mean, especially if like what you just described about irrational views, Yes, we have that kind of stuff coming at us all the time. All the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And anytime our views are so extreme, I think on one side or the other, meaning like the land is perfect and it's easy to take, that's probably (laughs) an irrational view. Or the land swallows people, that's probably a rational view. And I think I try to watch for myself now when I'm dialoguing with people with different views that I don't want my stake to be so 
firm on one side. If it's too extreme, I'm probably not listening as well. Yeah. And then I'm not seeing or understanding people because my filter is so strong. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to change a lot about my views as much as I want to change how I love and see people. And so that's something that I'm working on. So I, I want to ask you kind of a hard question, okay. but it's because as someone who's on your staff and with you as my pastor, I think you're like really good at this. Thank you. So but you're how setting do me we, up before the hard question. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is so that I can ask the hard <laughs> yeah. question. Um, you talk a lot about reframing your situation. Yes. So how do we reframe our situation when we are smack dab in the middle of it? We're reeling from pain. We mm -hmm. feel like we don't even understand what's happening. Like how? How do we reframe our situation in that moment? It's I've great, seen you do it. That's a great question. I, I would say that sometimes I wouldn't put the pressure on myself to necessarily do it in that moment. Okay. Meaning Amy and I had dinner with a couple that had lost one of their sons a few years back. Mm. And then they lost their second son. Oh my gosh. Two, two tragic deaths. And um, makes me emotional even thinking about it. But I watched in the middle of their grief. I mean, it was fresh them reaching for some tangible reason saying, oh, do you think God spared him from something? Or do you think, you know, it's so that we can create a legacy through our giving or whatever. And they were, they're reaching for a reason. And I just reached out to him and said, let's not try to find a reason right now. Let's just go ahead and experience the grief. Hmm. Because even like whenever Lazarus died, Jesus just, he wept, he cried, and he didn't do the miracle until later. He started with the grief. And so I would say there are times when in the moment, it may be too soon to try to reframe it, just to experience the grace of God, the presence of God, the grief of loss in the moment. And mm -hmm. then at some point, it's really powerful to reframe it. And in the message, we talked about what people do in counseling, what I think is really powerful, and that is you give meaning to it. And so it could have been something bad, but because of that bad thing, you learn something good. And so you bring meaning to it. And the thing that I'm working on, Jason, not just me defining and bringing meaning, but letting Jesus define mm -hmm. and, and bring meaning to it. And I, I don't know if this is a gift or what, but I have a really, really great ability to take things in the past and just maybe because God is so good at working in all things are good yeah. to just see it. And this is one of the things that's being 53 now, I see the world a lot differently than I did when I was 30, 35, even, right. even 40. And people ask questions now, and I like the question, but it's like, what would you do differently if you were 28 again or 30 yeah. or 35? Yeah. And the truth is, I made a lot of mistakes, but I wouldn't probably unmake most of them. I wouldn't change hardly anything in the past because it was in, in the pain and the brokenness and the mm. missteps that I learned the grace of God and learned lessons that I couldn't have learned from making the right decisions. And so as I look back and see how God has used everything, the good and the bad, to help shape us, I, don't, I wouldn't want to rob myself from even the bad now because of how God used it for good. So I really like looking back even on the tragedies and not necessarily in the tragedy, but looking back on them and, and trying to see how did God use it and where was he working? And that's what I told the couple who was grieving over their, their loss is that you don't have to give it a reason right now, but what I can do is I can promise you that in the years to come, you will see God's faithfulness mm -hmm. in this season and, and we'll rejoice in that. Yeah. For now, let's just cry. So in the middle of it, just be close to God. Be close to God. We don't have to bring a reason to everything in the middle of it. Sometimes there's no words. Sometimes you just hold somebody and uh, it's almost insulting to try to bring a reason in the middle of pain. Yeah. Let's, let's wait until the appropriate time. And then 
as you stay close to God, he helps you. Yeah, and there doesn't sometimes it, sometimes you don't see a reason, but sometimes you just you just see the faithfulness of God. Like, yeah. He comforted us. He yeah. was there. He sustained us. He he allowed us to go on another day. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so taking a little bit of a different direction, I totally laughed at but also identified with the Weiner version yeah. of Philippians 1, 12 through 13. I just want to read it real quick. And then I want to ask you, like, so how did the Apostle Paul reframe this situation mm-hmm. so that he wasn't writing this version? Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really sucks. <laughs> and as a result of the hell I've been through, I'm quitting life group and never going back to church. <laughs> yep. So in case somebody wasn't at church and heard that, that's not a real version. I made that up, but it, it is the new Winers version. So you so see, you ask, how did Paul reframe the situation? And Jason, I, I give you an honest confession. I almost feel guilty how much I preach Philippians because it's ridiculously powerful. Yeah. And there's so many things in our lives where we think by the time I'm such and such age, I want to be doing this. And then we're not, and we're doing the opposite. And this was the extreme for Paul. He wanted to be in Rome preaching, and he was locked up in Rome. So everything, it was the opposite of what he wanted. And you can only imagine how unbelievably easy it would be for him to think God let him down. God wasn't there. Where's the faithfulness of God? He's serving God, and now God let this happen to him. I could write the whole new whiners version of the Bible myself <laughs> because I'm tempted to go there, right? And, I, and I, know, I know most people could probably relate. And he was the master. And what I like about Paul is he didn't always get it right. In Romans 7, he says the things I want to do, I don't do, I can't yeah. do, who can deliver me? And I like that because I relate to it. And then we watch the progression of him working on his mind. Fix your thoughts on things mm-hmm. that are pure, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Meditate on, on, on truth. Renew your mind. He, he's crazy into it. And you just start to see him living it out. Mm-hmm. Later in his ministry, he was mastering his mind. And so he took what was a bad situation and he just, in the middle of it, he turns it. He said, what happened to me has served to advance the gospel. And that's powerful. I think that's a tool that all of us could learn from to take whatever we're going through you can find the bad and there was bad in it. There yeah. were unquestionably there was bad in it, or you can find God in it. Hmm. And that's what he did because he looked for it. He embraced it. And in many ways he talked himself into it and that helped him endure whatever hardship, pain, depression he had to overcome, disappointment. And uh, this just is powerful. I want to be more like that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So it wasn't just that the bad things weren't happening. No. He was finding God in it. No, it was bad. I mean, it's horrible. They could kill him. That's scary, right? Someone makes a bad comment about me and I get all freaked out, right? <laughs> That's nothing. I mean, it's nothing. And here he is in a situation where he's wrongly accused and he could lose his life. That's yeah. as serious as it gets. Yeah. And it's not just a Bible character we read about. He was a human being mm-hmm. that had hopes and dreams and fears and mm-hmm. aspirations. And, and that's powerful. If you see him as a real person in a real prison with a real potential of losing his life and him saying, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain, yeah. what's happening to me is, is making the, our brothers and sisters bolder for the gospel. That's looking for God and finding God. Right. Right. Okay. So we have the same rule this week as every yeah. week. We don't want people to just keep listening unless they're going to talk about it, do something about it with their friends, their family, their life group. Yeah. So knowing that people are going to talk about something, what do you want them to talk about? What oh, I'm glad you brought week? that up. There's a lot that comes into my mind, but I, I would say this. I'm pretty sure that in most of our lives, what I found, Jason, is in almost everybody's life, there is a something. There's someone sick, 
Someone's got a financial challenge. Someone's got a relational challenge. Someone's got a kid who's making dumb decisions. Someone's got a very close friend that's sick. There's a job that's that's on the line. I don't think there's been a season in our life that's lasted very long where there wasn't a something. And so I would say wherever that something is, whatever it is for you or somebody close to you, let's look for God in it. Yeah. It'd be really easy to say that here's what's bad because we all have that, right? We, we all have it. But let's try to move the frame and not look for what's wrong. But let's acknowledge what's wrong. We're not going to deny there's some real significant stuff that we all have to deal with. But let's reframe it in a way that we can look for the faithfulness of God. We can see His goodness. We can see His provision. We can see His, His presence. And so I'd say whatever your stuff is right now that you're going through, let's talk about that and let's pray for each other as we're in it. But let's also ask God for eyes to see his stuff, his mm. presence, his provision, his goodness, his peace, his joy, his hand, or if nothing else, just his comfort in the middle of the pain. Yeah. Because if you look for the bad, you're going to find it because there's bad in, in this broken, sinful world. But if you look for the goodness of God, even in the brokenness, you can find it. And so let's identify whatever our stuff is. Let's look for God in it. And then let's pray for each other's stuff because that's yeah. what we do when we get together. So I just want to say thank you for pastoring us yeah. this week. Thank I you. watched you talk about some of your friends. I saw the emotion on your face, and I just see how you care for us. I want to do something a little different this week. Yeah. Just have you pray. Oh, Would you pray to I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, God, I, I want to start and, and just pray for this couple that's experienced such loss, not only for them, but for everyone else right now that, that has a burden, a fear, uh, a hardship, a heaviness, a spirit of uh, depression, whatever it might be, God. We ask that in this moment, that your grace would sustain us in weakness, your strength would be made perfect. And I thank you, God, for um, life groups, people that gather together and experience you, not just in a personal relationship, but in a shared relationship. I pray, God, that they would see your hand, your power, your presence in their group, in their fellowship, and that you would use them, God, to bring life. Help us to see you in all things, and God, help us to glorify you in all things. Bless all these amazing life group leaders and leaders in our church to do um, incredible things. God bless Team LC as they serve you to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that part where I asked Pastor Craig what I thought was a really hard question, I asked him because I really didn't know what I thought the answer was. Hmm. And Allie, he started tearing up, sharing about that couple and how sometimes we just need to allow ourselves to hurt and be close to God without trying to like make sense of it or even trying to reframe it in the moment. Hmm, that's good. He also gave us the uh, new Winers version of <laughs> Philippians 1, 12 through 13. So you got to yep. love that too. Yep. But here's what Paul actually wrote. He said, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Hmm. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Paul is awesome. And I like how Pastor Craig helped us to realize that it probably took him a while to get that way. Like a lot of reframing the situation to get to where he could say that. So here's the question from Pastor Craig this week. What is your something? That's something in your life. Share it with your life group and then talk to each other about how to find God in it. Then take some time to pray for one another. 
If you enjoyed this conversation with Pastor Craig, you can find a lot more like it in his message series and book, Winning the War in Your Mind. And we'll link to the series, the book, and the YouVersion Bible Plan in the conversation guide. Where's the conversation guide? You can always find it in the show notes below or sign up to get it in your inbox at www.life.church forward slash Y-H-I-S.